the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pro-America Report. I'm Ed Martin. Great to be with you. I'm really, really, really now in a bad mood, um, mostly because I'm actually um, more aware that trouble's coming. Um, and I don't know if there again, it's a, it's the, the lack of people standing up for what's right that makes me crazy. So anyway, we'll get to it in a moment. Welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. You'll be able to sign up there for my long form writing. It's a sub stack there and you can sign up ProAmericaReport.com. We will make sure to add you to our list. And one of the things you get is the wink. What you need to know, what you need to know is today is that Hillary Clinton wants to kill me. Hillary Clinton wants to kill me. Uh, Joe Biden wants to kill me. Um, And it's crazy that this is happening. And again, what I would say is, where are the people, the men and women of this country in leadership on the other side, politically standing up and saying this can't be allowed? And what I'm referring to is last week, Joe Biden, the president of the United States, he said, we have to target extremists extremists are available are are around us too often. There are too many of them. We have to target the extremists. These people are a threat. It's very effective language. It's very effective language to say that there are extremists makes people nervous. They don't like you don't like an extremist. That's somebody who doesn't sound very balanced. That sounds like somebody who's really, you know, off kilter. And then Joe Biden goes on to say, Uh, extremists. And he doesn't say, you know, people that are outside of the mainstream. He doesn't say not Republicans. He says mainstream people that support Trump, MAGA extremists, people that support Trump are now extremists. He's doing this MAGA extremists on purpose. He's doing this to radicalize people. And of course, it's being reinforced by the narrative machine. The narrative machine is that big government says something. Joe Biden says it. The FBI says it. The FBI now, according to Newsweek, has a, a decided that MAGA extremists, people that MAGA, people that think that make America great again is a good idea, that they support America first policies. They're extremists. That's the FBI. Big government says these people are a threat. And then big media and big tech make sure that the message gets honed and hammered. And we have Joe Biden, the president of the United States, the FBI of the United States, saying if you believe in the policies, the politics and policies of Donald Trump, the the MAGA movement, America first, 
If you believe in those things, you are an extremist and you must be targeted. You should be targeted. You have a moral responsibility to target people like me. That's what Joe Biden said. And Hillary Clinton steps right up into it and does an interview. And she says, these people that support the MAGA ideas, they should be reprogrammed, reprogrammed. Do you understand the language that's being used? This is not language of a disagreement. This is language of people who want to use whatever means at their disposal to make these people, me, change their minds or or be silent or or what? What is it? Be silent, it feels like. Go away for good, it feels like. I mean, I'm not somebody. I told you I've been upset for a couple of weeks. But the thing that put me over the edge was the um, the New York uh, court case where they're uh, valuing uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago at 18 million dollars, and they're just lying about it. And they're then and they're putting it out, and the media is covering it seriously, and they're saying it. And the normal public is like, "Oh, it must only be worth 18 million." If you've been there, Mar-a-Lago, and I've been there once, it's it's not an 18 million dollar property. It's a it's I don't know 100 million, 200 million, something. But it, I, I thought to myself, this is crazy. And then. What you need to know, I'm saying it again. Where are the adults in, in our society, in American life? We counted on certain segments of our population to be sort of above this madness. Above, when the president says these groups, political groups are extremists, they should be targeted. When Hillary Clinton uses all of her strength of following to say these people need to be reprogrammed, we count on members of certain of the American society to step up and say, no, 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 that's too far. One group is the bar lawyers who say, yeah, that you can't do that. Even a liberal Democrat should be saying, you can't do that. You can't reprogram people. You can't use the FBI to target political groups. You can't do that. And they're nowhere to be heard from. They're nowhere. Alan Dershowitz doesn't count. He's like the only one that has complained about this. Jonathan Turley. It's not it's not it's not sufficient. The other group is the media. The media should be saying, wait a second. Hold on a second. We we're, we we can see something that's not going right. Professional journalists should be saying, I want to be a hero. I want to be a, a, a Woodward and Bernstein. I, I want to be a, a heroic crusading journalist who exposes what's going on. Nowhere to be found. Glenn Greenwald in Brazil. So what you need to know is Hillary Clinton wants to kill me. And and Joe Biden wants to kill me and you, if you happen to believe in America first and uh, make America great again. That's what they're doing. And here's the thing. It's 13 months before an election. If they can keep up this rhetoric, if they can keep up the narrative machine pounding this rhetoric, you are going to see people targeted, not just by lawfare, which has happened all over the place. If you happen to be a, a, a MAGA lawyer, not even conservative. Some of these lawyers, Rudy Giuliani is not a conservative, and he, but he was a lawyer working for the MAGA side on, on Trump, and so he's targeted. But if you're MAGA, if you're a, a help, if you're a make America great again, you're a uh, America first type, you're going to be targeted. You were targeted by lawfare. You're going to be targeted by worse now. That's the invitation. The invitation to say from the president of the United States that this group of people that has these positions are MAGA extremists. They're extremists. That's an invitation. That's a. It gets awfully close to more than an invitation, but an encouragement. For some people, it will be perceived as a command. You have to stop extremists. 
You have to. Hillary Clinton says we should reprogram them. But if we can't reprogram them, we have to stop them. As someone said online, if if I told you that X candidate was and I could see the future, X candidate was going to be a Hitler and cause a Holocaust, would you be morally uh, obligated to act to stop that character? You can see the argument that you would. You get now you can't see the future and all that. So there's a lot of things that you can. This is a little bit an exercise, but you normal people that hear over and over from a president that what is a large part of the Republican Party positions, MAGA people, that they're extremists. Lots of people hear that. Not as a it's not a a dog whistle. It's not a, a coded thing. It's directly saying extremists must be stopped. These people are extremists. And then Hillary Clinton, who stands up there and in this case, sorry, sits in an interview, but is out there as a one of the more prominent Democrats in the country and says these MAGA people that hold those positions need to be reprogrammed. What's happening here is that the narrative machine, big government, Biden, the FBI, Hillary, they're using their their strength to persuade people. And then the big media and big tech are going along with it, mostly. To get people to target guys like me, that's what's happening. By the way, I will drop a footnote. You know, Hillary Clinton is uh, is the ultimate uh, sufferer of what I call presidential fever. Once you're a, a major uh, nominee, major party nominee, your life is never the same. McCain, uh, Kerry, uh, uh, Romney, you, Hillary Clinton, you just lose your mind. Al Gore, you're so close to the presidency, you think everybody, everything, everybody, you sit around and you think, I, I should have been president. So she's got that presidential fever, which is probably part of this. But where, oh, where are the adults on the Democrat side, in the legal community, in the professional journalist class, in America, saying, whoa, we cannot have a president of the United States targeting citizens. We cannot have a a Hillary Clinton character targeting citizens. When you reinforce, look, if you're Catholic, you had a memo from the FBI in Richmond, which then we found out was in a lot more than just Richmond. They tried to say they tried to lie about it and say it was just Richmond. It was other places. And they said, you know, if you go to Catholic, if you go to Catholic mass too often and maybe if you go in Latin, oh, you're one of those extremists. We got to we got to target you. And now we've got the FBI, according to Newsweek, putting people that believe the MAGA positions in a category of extremists. you, You talk about being targeted. It's as obvious as the day is long. And it's so wrong. And it's insane that in America, in our America, that there's not an uprising against the president and against the Hillary Clinton. And by the way, I said uprising. I don't mean an insurrection. I mean a, a, a political uprising, political leadership and the media rising up to say, condemn them. I condemn Joe Biden for calling people extremists that have different political opinions. I condemn Hillary Clinton. I renounce them. Instead, crickets. And the word goes forth. Target your fellow Americans who have different political views. Whoa. We take a break. We'll be right back. Ed Martin, Pro-America Report.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We were just talking off the air. Um, Nikki Schaefer has been a friend of mine for years now, and uh, I don't know how many years, but it's uh, I, I enjoy talking with her. The only thing I got to tell you, Nikki, is uh, one of the times I had you on recently, I don't know, a few months ago, I got an email from a friend of mine and said, sometimes, he, he said, you jump into things with people you know, and you don't explain well enough where they're coming from. And so this was actually a kind of like, so I'm going to do that this time because uh, Nikki Schaefer's with us and she heads up Heart of a Child Ministries, which is an extraordinary uh, history story uh, of what they've done and how it started in, I think, 2011 or 12 um, and the, and her family, basically. And it has become this um, national and international uh, movement. Uh, so, Nikki Schaefer, welcome back. And tell us, so tell set up this, what is Heart of a Child Ministries? How did it start? And how did we get to today? All right. Well, I, I appreciate <laughs> that question. So yeah. just to give you a little bit of a background. So I uh, was a counselor for many years at Catholic Services in the Expectant Parenting Unit and at Birthright, working with uh, women and teens right. who were um, experiencing an unexpected pregnancy. Then I hung up that hat to be at home with my kids, but that issue was important to us always. So we were at a holy hour for life on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. And during that holy hour, my seven-year-old daughter received this inspiration to start what she called the pro-life prayer pillow. She realized what abortion was, and she wanted to make a difference by making something, selling it, and give the money back to the moms so that they could buy diapers and the things right. that they needed and not have abortions. Hmm. So through that, the word got out about this little girl on a mission. We were donating tens of thousands of dollars through the sale of these pillows. We started to get invited to go into the schools. And through you know God's amazing grace and through just incredible people, we have developed what we call um, a 4S model of pro-life education in the schools. And we started going into the schools, Ed, in 2015. Um, we've been in public schools, private schools. Um, we have age-appropriate presentations for grades K all the way to college. And that 4S model of education is the use of scripture science with fetal development facts and a live ultrasound with a professional sonographer and pregnant volunteer. Um, so the kids see that baby right on the screen. They hear the heartbeat. They see the life. And then the third S is story. So we have people who have incredible pro-life stories, choosing life in adversity, um, choosing adoption, you name it, we've got it. Schools can pick the speakers that they want. And the last component is service ed. So in the same spirit of the pillows where Grace wanted to make a difference, we get those kids making a difference early on by having diaper drives, baby item drives, fill the bottle drives, hmm. and tens of thousands of dollars are going out to support the regular, you know, the, the local pregnancy resource centers, the pregnancy help organizations that are out there in the local areas. And Ed, we, we started surveying kids, middle schoolers on up. So when we're addressing that issue of abortion, right. we, we want to know, do they have a heart change from our presentations? And just so your listeners know, there's no addressing of abortion in the early years. We call it celebration of life presentations where kids solely see that baby on the screen, right? And how they're made in God's image and they just love it. Um, but that middle school on up, we survey them and our surveys tell us that of the kids that are 
pro-life before the presentation, 95% of them become more pro-life and action-oriented afterwards. Of the kids who've identified themselves as pro-abortion in some way, Ed, 60% of them have a change of heart, change of mind toward pro-life after being a part of our presentations. Mm -hmm. So we um, are breaking this open across the country. We are developing and have developed a certification program where we are training other pro-life organizations across the country on how to use our model of education and bring it into the schools in their local area as well. So, um, and that includes, go no, ahead. Going, no, no, finish, finish that thought. I didn't mean to go ahead finish. Please. Yeah, no, that includes, you know, the use of our slides, the use of our parent and school letters. How do you communicate effectively with the schools to be able to come into the schools? That also includes our, our public school program as well. Um, it includes access to all of our videos. So we have many pro-life testimonials on videos that they can use in educating. Um, it includes working with their sonographers, all the pieces and parts and players that they have to support them in doing this. Um, Knights of Columbus are gracious in supporting people and getting their yeah. portable ultrasound machines. So that's that's where we're at right now, it, Ed, and it's uh, very exciting. Nikki, Nikki Schaefer is our guest, and she is the executive director of uh, Heart, Heart of a Child Ministries. By the way, on the website, there's a photograph of you and your husband and the and the uh, six children. It's the best thing on the website, as I'm sure you know and agree, uh, but it's extraordinary. But So let me ask you a, a question about this, because the same thing. If I want to get involved and I go mm-hmm. to this, the website and I see heartofachildministries.org, and there's a ton there, as you point out, there's videos, there's a, a thing on all these speakers, there's a background. Um, am I, is the thing for me to do to become a ministry partner? Is it to get one of your ministry partners to come into my school? What is it that people, what's the range of ways I can get involved? Okay, so if you are contacting us from across the country, the first thing, if you just want us to come in to present to your school, we absolutely can do that. So we have, you know, under our presentations link, there's a there's a form that you can fill out to let you know who you are, you know, um, where you want us to present, et cetera. If you're hearing this and you feel like, you know, I would love to have our pro-life organization learn how to do this and bring it out to our schools and into our community. If you go under our certification program, program link. There is also a form that you can fill out there and then we can begin conversations with your organization on how we can Mm. equip you in doing that. Excellent. That's that's what I that's what I wanted to because some people are going to listen and say I want to do more than just necessarily bring out people or show the or you know bring you out to present. Um, it, uh, again, uh, Nikki Schaefer's our guest, and and the the website is heartofachildministries.org. Uh, you can go there. By the way, they also uh, it's a ministry, so they'll they'll accept your financial support as as uh, always and yes. what they're doing. Um, but l- let me um the the after Roe v. Wade. Uh, was reversed. And so we have this period where there's lots of policy uh, arguments being made. It doesn't change at all in a way what you're doing because you guys are sh- are showing, you know, you're sort of building this knowledge of what life is, but it has to impact how people are re- relating to things. How, what are your observations on post row? It seems like a lot of pro-life groups are trying to find their way and trying to figure out how to interact on this. Do you have any thoughts or feelings or maybe observations? Because you've seen a lot of you'll you have a, a sort of a view of, of pro-life groups across and, and pro-life efforts across the country. Right. I, I feel like it solidifies for me that no matter what the law is across the country, 
it's a borscht. It, it is education that is key because our young people are the ones that are going to be making the decisions. They're going to be making the decisions about the law. They're going to be the ones that are voting. They're going to be ones that are making the decisions if they find themselves pregnant and unsure what to do. So if we can educate our kids in the truth, that that is key to turning this around. I also mm. feel like the reversal of Roe v. Wade ignited the pro-abortion side. They are fueled up and they are angry and they are working even harder to share falsivity to our young people. Um, They're working overtime at this, guys. And so we need to crank up our efforts in the same way. We are rising up to share our young people the truth, the truth about who we all are made in God's image, that every life has a plan that there are always positive options for men and women through maternity homes, through pregnancy help organizations, through the choice of adoption. There are always other options. And what I find when I go into the schools is so oftentimes our kids believe the lie that we only care about the babies. We're not out there helping women. They're amazed at all the supports that are out there. They're amazed about the beauty of the choice of adoption. We need to shout those things from the rooftop, Ed. And I think that that is key to transforming our culture. And and our motto is changing the heart of the nation by showing the heart of the child. I feel like authentic truth, Ed, is what's transforming hearts. Yeah. And uh, uh, Nikki, let me let me take a break real quick because I want to come yeah. back and keep going. So let me take a quick break. We're talking with Nikki Schaefer. Again, I'll put up on social media, heartofachildministries.org. Uh, Nikki Schaefer is the founder and executive director now. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We got knee-deep into this conversation, and I didn't want to I- interrupt it. I-, I want Nikki, I want to come back, though, and, and, and cycle back to a couple things. One, um, is you mentioned the pro-abortion people are, are uh, uh, energized. I think I see that, too. I think evil, I think in some ways the evil one saw, you know, sort of success and said, we better redouble the efforts here and try to move some things because it, it really is uh, extraordinary. But, but how is there... The late Phyllis Schlafly used to say that the ultrasound was such a game changer. Because, and, it, and when they first was ultrasound, it was like you were looking at this sort of like uh, almost like a uh, ancient computer. Now it, it's like looking, it, it, you can do it on your almost on your uh, uh, Apple Watch. I mean, you can see color images, you can hear things. I mean, it. it it feels like that game has changed completely. Do you, it, even in your experience now of uh, 11 years of doing this, has it changed that dramatically? Do you see that change? In other words, that it's so clear now, it's even easier to, if you can get people to view it, they're going to feel and see something. 100%. So again, I think, you know, Ed, we left off talking about authentic education you can't get more authentic than showing the human person in the womb. And like you indicated, you know, that the science of ultrasound is so developed. We are very blessed through the Knights of Columbus to have a 3D ultrasound machine. So kids can actually see the face of that human person. They can, they can see the expressions. They can see the shape of the nose and the mouth. 
And we have had kids in our surveys that have stated, you know, I forgot that that was a human person in there. You reminded me of that. And I want to thank you of that. Um, I had a student in our last presentation say, um, you know, I thought that abortion was okay. But now that I see that this person has already taken a part of life already, it wow. is not okay wow. to wow. off a baby in the womb. Those were the wow. words that she used. Wow. And I love that authentic um, sort of young person phrase. It's not okay to off a baby in the womb that's already partaken of <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. Um, and that was that was her honest feedback. And that was because she saw the baby. She saw the light. She saw the movement. She heard the heart. That's a life. It's not okay anymore. Sorry about that, Nikki. Yeah, no, I, I, what, I'm, I was trying to look for something. And I didn't want to click on the thing and have you hear it. So I was I'm looking yeah. on this I, back to this. Um, I think that's so important. And I had a conversation with the Knights of Columbus guys. They do such a nice job of actually raising money and putting these, making these available. And I said, I think it's a real game changer at the, at the young people brought up on the, on the phones and on the images. They're not like us. They don't think anything is, is, you know, um, like strangely new. They're like, that's just how it is. And therefore they're like, Oh yeah, I see that. Um, Nikki, before, again, we got to be careful of time. You also are expanding internationally. You, you, we mentioned off the air user for, you know, God's, on God's time, things will happen. Tell me about what's happening, what you're seeing to, in your ministry and, and where that's going. I, it sounded so exciting when you were texting me and emailing. Um, I, fill us in on that, please. Yeah. So we were we were blessed to uh, be at the Heartbeat International Conference um, in April. And through that conference and sharing what we were doing, um, we have um, centers across the country, and we have three internationally that are also interested in the work that we're doing. So right now we are currently actively supporting Birthright in Ghana, Africa. You know, they don't have the means over there that we have uh, to purchase an ultrasound machine um, to help support, you know, uh, paying for the training that we're doing. So what we're doing is the the schools that we're going into right now, they are doing a fill the bottle drive for Ghana to support them in buying a portable machine so that they can use that not only for educating their um, students, but also for healthcare for those women. And so we are supporting, you know, the schools here are supporting them so that we can get that money to them over there and train them as well, get our slides to them, everything that's needed to equip them as well. They have a high teen pregnancy rate over there. Uh, Doris, who's in charge of Ghana over there, is just so excited about bringing this form of education to her people. And we are thrilled beyond measure to be able to bring this live ultrasound education to our brothers and sisters across the globe as well. That's that's amazing to me now. I, but one thing, I, it feels like, OK, if you go to Africa, they may not have ultrasounds too commonly. Are they common? Are they common in Europe? I mean, are they common in other Asia? Are they are the uh, is the ultrasound getting low enough in cost that they've spread? Or is this really sort of uh, I, I don't know, a, a little bit dramatic, but is this really missionary work? Th that is that is that's a great question. And actually, ultrasounds are 
you know, all the way down to about $5,000, a handheld ultrasound machine right? Uh, to, you know, $20,000, a larger portable 3D machine. But that 5,000 machine is something, you know, you can charge it up, you can go out. So it, it is becoming so much more accessible and so much more accommodating to be able to do this type of work, um, even in countries like Ghana, Africa. That's uh, that's it's going to be very interesting to see. And, you know, as as the uh, as the technology, uh, as you know, it gets it's in even in your time. What did one do you remember? What did one cost back when you first had a price one? How much was the what was the cost of an ultrasound back then? It's not even it's not it's not 10. It's not it's not 50 years ago. It's 10 years ago. Right. But do you know 10 years ago? Yeah. I mean, it was about, you know, it was about 20. And so, (laughs) you know, it depends. the kind. And so now we're all the way down where they can go down to five. And and that's a portable machine. So portable right. machines are way less expensive than the the large ones that are you know stationary in the centers. But what, what we use is portable because we go into the schools right. with a portable machine. And right. again, those Knights of Columbus, boy, what a great group of men who are supporting so many of us and getting these um, machines. And they will equip you know organizations that certify with us and mm-hmm. support them in doing the same. It's incredible. A heart of a child ministries go over there and read about the history of uh, Nikki Schaefer and her family and how they put this together, how it came together. Cause that's, that'll inspire you and, and think, well, wait, uh, the, the, that's, you know, this just, God just did this. And then yeah. look at these ways. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, on the presentations tab, there's both a link to a lot of speakers and you can see, Oh, that person would be great, but also the videos and you can watch them. And if you're so motivated, the certification program to get more uh, affiliated and, and specifically figure out how to work together. Together. Uh, again, Heart of a Child Ministries is the name of this uh, uh, effort and the ministry, and it's heartofachildministries.org. So, hey, thank you, Nikki. And uh, of course, you can also support it financially. It's I, I assume it's a 501c3, right, as a ministry? Is that Absolutely. Right? So everything Absolutely, is ta- yes. tax deductible and there's a big button there, donate now. So, but uh, I, I encourage people, especially now that you're taking off uh, internationally, there's going to be a lot of, of uh, exciting things I'll have to get offline with you and talk to you about my friends that are in uh, Poland. Some of the folks over there that are doing some things might might match up uh, with what you're doing. So thank you for the time, uh, for being with us and all you're doing. And uh, best wishes. We'll keep you in our prayers. Thank you, Ed, so much for having me as always. And God bless you and your family and everything you're doing there. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Nikki Schaefer, everybody. I, I want to uh, finish up and give you this plug. I, you know, uh, the late Phyllis Schlafly, I do want to say Janet Porter deserves her name to be said over and over again. She was one of the earliest promoters of the heartbeat bills, and she helped really have people understand that phrase. Even if the laws didn't succeed in as many places as we all wish they would have, they succeeded in some places, many places. Um, but she's an extraordinary uh, servant, and I, I always praise her and, and want to jump in and say that. But um, uh, Nikki Schaefer and her ministry, a number of other ones. There's a real opportunity. There's real sort of social entrepreneurship that's happening to try to build the culture of life. And I just want to encourage people. This is one of the organizations that you can check out and see if you fit into the, what they're doing, if they fit into your uh, community in terms of your schools, uh, in terms of your own uh, uh, you know, faith community or whatever, whoever's doing, it's just a great, great effort. And she's been very uh, creative about 
kind of being entrepreneurial about it. So uh, I'm really excited to hear that there's more success coming. And there's a number of organizations like that, uh, especially in the pro-life space, but this is one of the more creative ones and really has been successful. So check that out. All right. we um, I will make sure to put links up uh, both to the website as well as to a couple of uh, of her uh, presenters that I saw. We'll make sure to put that up so that you can get a look at that and check it out. I really, really like that. I can't recommend it enough. And again, it's uh, heartofachildministries.org. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Don't forget, visit proamericareport.com. Make sure you sign up there. Uh, you'll get my uh, my writing, long-form writing there, and also track all the Pro America Report stuff that we're doing. Proamericareport.com. Sign up there. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Mark here on the Pro America Report. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. The latest bright idea from the big government regulators is anything but... As of August 1st, a regulatory attack on the free market more than a decade and a half in the making finally went through. As far back as 2007, the Bush administration was working to ban the sale of Thomas Edison's incandescent light bulb, a technology which had remained largely unchanged for more than a century. One would think that the very symbol of invention would follow the same trajectory as most other innovative technology does. First, a new technology emerges, making life better for people everywhere. Then, as other discoveries emerge, that technology fades away as the demand for it dissolves. This is what happened to the horse-drawn carriage before the automobile and the telegraph machine before the telephone. Yet instead of waiting for consumers to stop demanding Edison's light bulb, President Bush sought to force Americans to change their buying habits. President Obama expanded on Bush's anti-American rule, but President Trump rightly rolled it back. Now that Joe Biden is in power, the assault on freedom is complete. Americans will now be forced to buy expensive LED bulbs instead of having the full choice of the free market. All this comes in the name of climate change. Because LED bulbs require less energy, the left hopes that banning Edison's bulb will save the planet. However, much like trying to reduce waste by banning plastic straws in favor of inferior paper ones, this is more about making climate alarmists feel good about themselves than actually making a difference. I have no problem with people who want to use LED bulbs. If you want to spend $8 on a light bulb, be my guest. However, when you want to remove free choice from the market by forcing your preferences on everyone else and on me, that's where I draw the line. The free market system, combined with the spark of America's unparalleled patent system, has led to incredible prosperity over the centuries since America's inception. To abandon these key principles would spell disaster for future generations. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Liberal politicians cannot be allowed to manipulate tax laws regarding Social Security, charitable donations, retirement accounts, homeownership, and the definition of family. Low taxes and smaller government are core values at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you, at phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, Well, let's cover a little fake history today. Fake history uh, as uh, promulgated uh, by um, Politico. So Politico runs out and they run an interview. A, a and, and the thing is, a political science professor from Harvard University. Oh, that sounds really big, really big. I mean, we got a political science, uh, political science professor at Harvard University, Theta Skokel, Skokpol, Skokpol. I don't know how to pronounce that name. But and uh, so now here we are and we've got this incredible, breathless coverage of uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy losing the speakership and all they do. All they do in this is lie about the Tea Party. And so uh, Skokul, Skokul, um says that, that this, the throwing out of McCarthy, is the culmination of the Tea Party. What? And he says, all the research that I and other political scientists have done on that movement shows that by the 2010s, just before Donald Trump emerges, the Tea Party had taken the shape of a just say no, blow it all up, don't cooperate, do politics on Twitter faction. And this... McCarthy is the perfect expression of that. This is insanity. And again, the fact that Politico just lets this guy say this, I think it's a guy. I think it's uh, I'm not sure this professor. It's a funny name, actually. But, uh, you know, first of all, Donald Trump didn't emerge until 2015. So in the 2010s, the Tea Party movement started in 2009 and had largely uh, run its course by 14. It had it, it was not a focused uh, Tea Party. The Tea Party was not focused. It was steered by lots of different groups, but it wasn't a just say no, blow it all up, don't cooperate. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. The, what actually is true is the fact that the game is rigged is something that everybody started to pick up on back then. But it, it had nothing to do with the Tea Party. It had nothing. And you read this guy's all these interviews. And I mean, I'm in all this interview you go through and this Harvard professor is basically saying, oh, yeah, McCarthy got thrown out because wait for it. The Tea Party has is continuing and it's got these people that don't want to do anything. That's not true. That's not true at all. It's not even close to true. The 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 and they, he's referring to the young guns, Paul Ryan, Kevin McCarthy, Eric Cantor. Eric Cantor lost his race because why? Well, because he was uh, way too in, in, ensconced in the Washington, D.C. scene and lost focus of his election. And the election was won on one issue, immigration. And Eric Cantor was for amnesty. His opponent, Dave Bratt, was against it. And that was the issue. And it carried the day. But it was mostly a local race where people were sick of the guy being a Washington, D.C. insider. Paul Ryan was Speaker of the House because no one else wanted it. And he lasted a minute because he didn't actually want to lead. And what did he lose out on? He lost out on America first arguments. Immigration, build a wall. You know, drain the swamp. And Kevin McCarthy, of all the three of them, Kevin McCarthy actually was more movable and moved more freely into the um, Trump circle. In terms of issues, but even he didn't want to he still didn't want to really drain the swamp. They did not want to drain the swamp. The American people now look up and they see that the system is rigged against we the people. It's no longer it's not a Tea Party movement. And a Tea Party has been dead and gone since the 2014, I'd say, is the last time a Tea Party had any meaning. Some of it was co-opted by the big money grifters that were in and around uh, things like the Coke Network. But mostly it just ran its it ran its course because it didn't have a a, a leadership focus. 
partly because there was no single leader who could give a vision. And that was where Trump, in that sense, Trump was an extension of the of the dissatisfaction people had with the party system. But he wasn't Tea Party at all. And the, to think that it, to, to, to link them together again, the, the thing I want to point to, by the way, at the end of this, forget about the truth of it because it just lies, except to say this. That's a Harvard political scientist. And he and his colleagues are writing the history and they're saying that this is what the history is. And, you know, most of the people are just learning what the Harvard professor tells them. They're not they're not they don't have the context to say that there's something bigger than this, which is my point to say, do you think history is not fake? If you think news and the professional journalist class is is fake and I do, then you have to admit that history it certainly looks like it's not and it's not just biased to, to pick the winners. You know, somebody said history is written by the winners. No, it's not just that. In fact, it's not that history is right now. History is written by the liberals. History is written by the liberals. They they got into the uh, into the universities and they're writing the history and saying this is what's true. And then that's it. And you got to go back and try to break this thing out and say, well, what really happened? I've said for a long time, oh, nine Tea Party was basically launched because the American people saw the bailouts that was for one group and not the rest of us. And they said, that's rigged. And then Obama came in and said, let me give lots of money to special interests and to handouts and to target it. It was a it was a picking winners and losers. Remember that phrase? And people said the game that well, the American dream was based on anyone can make it. And it feels like the game is rigged now. That's how they felt. But the Tea Party didn't succeed. It didn't get form. It didn't find a focus. It kind of flailed around. And by the time you get to 14, it's done. It's gone. And so you wait about a year and you're watching. And I was there to 13, 14, 15. You're watching the establishment Republicans get ready to nominate Jeb Bush. And they got all this together and they're pushing aside gently but firmly. Scott Walker and others are saying, no, no, it's Jeb's turn. He's really talented. It's Jeb's turn. It's Jeb's turn. And then comes Trump. And Trump focuses the issues on the swamp and build the wall. And excuse me, build the wall and drain the swamp. No more wars. Jeb couldn't say that because Jeb was in the middle of it. His family was. So fake history is all around us. All right. That's why you got the Pro-America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.